five things that are going to change your life forever. These things are not the quintessential internet robot-driven summaries of how to be uh, Steve Jobs in 30 seconds or how to be um, uh, the best leader on the planet in five seconds. These five principles I'm about to share with you have been known since 4000, 5000 BC. So this stuff is pre-religion. I'm not counting religion. I'm not saying for one minute it's not necessary. It is absolutely a wonderful, wonderful thing because it causes people to deal with their fears and it causes people to collect in communities which makes everybody feel more safe. So religion is therefore a really important part of life. However, we have to be careful which religion we choose because what we can remember is they were all created to deal with one topic and the topic is fear. So if you base your life on uh, ultimately religious philosophy, you are abating, you're relieving your fears and that's a really important part of life. However, in dealing with some things, if we change one thing, deal with a fear as an example, we might end up causing something else. We might end up with a second fear. For example, if we follow the Ten Commandments in Christianity, and we, we are told if we follow those, we'll go to heaven. Now we've got a new fear. The new fear is not following those Ten Commandments. We won't go to heaven. Now we fear hell. And so by introducing a, a process to deal with one topic, we in, they automatically have introduced the same, the, the same fear toward a different topic. So alleviating one, causing another. And that comes from the very ancient awareness if you think about this which is nothing's ever missing just changes in form so the fear doesn't go away it just moves somewhere else so sometimes if we get addicted to our, our religion as a philosophy for living we end up just moving the fear somewhere else and um, as you'll see in the news of recent um, uh, an Alabama uh, Alabama court in America which is very fundamentalist very religious very Christian has uh, adjudicated that an embryo in a test tube is a living thing. Um, and therefore, the, someone who dropped the test tube has actually committed a murder. And this is really, really, really um, uh, where philosophy and religion become governmental. And next thing you know, the whole place is being run by people who are leveraging a whole group of people who've joined a community for safety, they're leveraging that safety appetite to extend it out and try and run the world with it. So I'm going to share with you five things that pre-existed that. Now, the ancient mysteries, which predate Alexandria and the Egyptian uh, building of the Egyptian pyramids, which are roughly 8,000, 9,000 BC. Now, on those pyramids were etched drawings uh, and in those drawings there's a demonstration that the construction of the pyramids or the construction or the knowledge that was available to people in 8000 BC was actually not very what we would call technically scientific but it was profoundly uh, uh, detailed 
in its application to any aspect of life. In fact, we haven't learned much since. We've just learned to use it. So let's talk about those five things. The first one is ironic, and that is there's two sides to everything. Nature seeks a balance in everything. That's why there are tides. That's why there are stars. That's why the planet Earth doesn't spin off into space as it goes around the sun at more than a million miles a day, which is a hurtling speed. It doesn't fling off into space because there's push and pull. And in our lives, there is a balance. And, and in every molecule, in every atom, in every subatomic particle, there's push and pull. Otherwise, it would all fly apart. And so if this law didn't exist, the universe would not be there. Now, that's easy to understand. You get that, don't you? And you understand that there's push and pull in the universe, and there's two sides to everything. It's fantastic. Now come down, drill, 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 drill down to you. There's two sides to you. There's the public and there's the private. And one of the things that uh, Inner Wealth is helping you do is to make your privates public. Now, that doesn't mean walking around naked. What it means is, let's get past shame. Let's get past guilt. Let's get past fear. Let's get past all the things that cause us, that are triggered when we start making our privates privates and our public public. Now, the more fundamental we become, the more righteous we become, the more we disguise our, our private in public and the more we disguise our public in private. In other words, we get two-faced. We're inauthentic. So what we're not trying to do is to tell you to be unabashed in public, to be uh, inconsiderate or uncompassionate or uncaring. What it is is to suggest to you that if you understand this principle, you will not be ashamed of your private in public. In other words, um, if they wrote the worst thing that you think about yourself on the front page of the newspaper tomorrow morning, you would not be um, riddled with guilt or shame or disgrace about yourself. Now, that's owning your territory. That's owning your truth, owning your journey. Now, there's a way to do this, and we'll cover that completely in another podcast. For now, I just want to say this. Two sides to everything is the first principle of the five that if you can gather that and start working with it, you get control of the single most important thing that you have in your life, and that's your free will. Your free will is attacked by conditioned thinking. Conditioned thinking is based on emotional thinking. All conditioning, all of it, is based not on mind control, it's on emotion control. Emotions are built on lopsided thoughts. It, an emotion is a lopsided thought, too much or too little of something. And therefore, it's a lie. Because we've just said the whole universe is being run by a principle that says there's two sides to everything. So a lopsided thought and emotion is a lie. However, those lies become our truth. And then we think we're being authentic by, uh, by demonstrating <coughs> our belief systems, our opinions, but in demonstrating our belief systems and our opinions, we are demonstrating not our wisdom, we're demonstrating our ignorance. Our ignorance is based on our emotion. Emotions are a lie because there's two sides to everything and every emotion is the perception that there is not two sides to something. There is an imbalance. So step one, if you can take this principle, stick it on your arm, 
um, tattoo it on, the, on your neck, whatever you love to do with things, there's the first principle. There's two sides to everything. Nature seeks a balance in all things. The second principle, and I hope I'm not going too fast here, but you know, I'm summarizing five principles. The second principle, and, 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 and equally important, and it ties into the first one, is nature evolves, the universe evolves, it's getting bigger all the time, things are changing, stars are exploding, you don't have to go far to get a really good information about the fact that the universe is not static, it's changing all the time, but it's not changing in a random way, it's changing in what's called an evolutionary way. Darwin triggered this idea when he said that everything is evolving towards something. The universe is evolving as well. But that means if you come back to Earth and you come back to this topic we're talking about today, you, you are evolving. Now, we evolve at the border of order and chaos. So the more we seek order, the more chaos we attract. We evolve at the border of order and chaos is the second principle. Now, if we can't prevent evolution, if it's part of the universe's essential metric, if the whole universe is expanding, a godless universe, it's expanding, then we throw into that godless universe a god, it's expanding. And then if we expand, uh, uh, contract that down to, let's say, a religion based on the sun and the moon cycles and the metaphor of that, we, we start to develop the second part of this thing, which is realizing that if all that's expanding and evolving, we must be too. And if that's happening, it's kind of like wise to tune into that expansion and realize you can't say no. If you seek order without chaos, you're saying no. If you think your mistakes are mistakes or your failures are failures, if you're misinterpreting all that, you're actually saying, I want to live a life without any form of uh, interruption. And that's why meditators, people who seek meditation, are often mentally deranged because the basis on which they're trying to exercise their practice is based on a, the delusion that they can come, come to a place in their life where there's more order than chaos. Embrace this and you'll be a good business person. Embrace this and you'll be a great family person. Embrace this and you'll understand your body. You will introduce chaos to the degree that you want order. As I said, I'm not expanding these today. They can be covered separately in further podcasts. The third principle is, is astonishing. The third principle eliminates all mental health problems on the planet. And the, the principle is this. Nothing is ever missing. It just changes form. Now, what is that saying? Well, if somebody's... You can't get rid of a rock. Let's put it like that. You can't get rid of a rock. A rock is a rock. You can smash it, it becomes dust. You can take the dust and set it on fire, it becomes steel. You can even heat it further, it becomes vapor. But the rock has not gone. The perception that we're missing things in our life, the perception that something's missing, is completely erroneous. And to get this principle is just so astonishing. It's been known forever 
that nothing's ever missing, just changes in form. So actually there can be no death, no grief, no missing, no hardship, no depression. None of these things can exist with the knowledge of this third principle. It is super powerful and it argues dead in the face of all religious fanaticism. The, th the fourth principle. The fourth principle is that everything vibrates. Now, there's many ways of saying this. I've, I've summarized this, but everything vibrates. There is a rhythm. And that vibration, the rhythm, is determines what shape or form anything takes. If you want to look at a, a piece of lead it, it, and take all the atoms, molecules and particles, which are the same atoms, molecules and particles that make up a lounge suite or make up your skin or make up your hair, the same atom molecules and subatomic particles that make up all those things make up lead. To change lead, to change lead, you heat it up. And what are you doing by adding heat? You're putting energy in there and you're changing the vibration of lead and it becomes molten. You heat it up even further, it becomes, at some point, some part of it's going to evaporate, at some point it's going to become superheated, at some point it's going to change form into a, like a, a, a nuclear fuel. So, we get really clear here to say that change the vibration of something, it changes its form. Thought, which is the ability to change the vibration of an atom or a molecule or subatomic particle in your body, your thoughts change the vibration of atoms, molecules and subatomic particles in your body. You can change your health by thinking in a different way and you can change your body. Uh, that's what an athlete does. That's what a superhuman does. That's what a super runner does. They actually can live off less fuel. And so they, their thoughts must tie in very closely with their body performance. The body can't do things unless the thought agrees with it. However, what we discover from all this is this. It's astonishing. that thoughts aren't limited to the brain. So actually, at the University of HeartMath in Boulder, Colorado, they can, say, they can actually uh, take uh, uh, the human thought process, get people to think, and measure it outside of the head. In other words, they, 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 they can measure the change of vibration in the atmosphere around a person's head. If you multiply that by 10, you can say, we affect the world around us by our thoughts. Now, this is really, really juicy stuff, and very, very important if you're considering the importance of how you think and what level of consciousness, what level of mindset you want to bring to life, what level of thought process, whether you're going to be disciplined in your thoughts or whether you're not going to be disciplined. The random person is emotively driven. Therefore, their thoughts are lopsided. Therefore, they're chaotic. Therefore, they're not focused. Therefore, they, they temporarily change the vibration of things and then swing back and rechange them back to where they originated. The thought that changes something permanently is an inspired thought. It is a balanced thought, but it's got to be repeated over and over. It's got to be held in place. And that's why this fourth principle addresses all human condition. The whole human condition of our thought process, our mindset, our vision board, 
our manifestation process is, is this. Really simply put, if you hold your mind on a topic for long enough, it will start to happen. Now, do you need to act? Yes, you do. Do you need to um, 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 put energy into what you do? Yes, you do. Can you just sit in a chair and cause something to manifest? No, you can't. Well, no, you can't at the level we're talking today on this podcast. If you're a super monk and you're, or a super person, you can actually do it. And there's many demonstrations of how people can metabolize and materialize things simply by thought. You might say it's not possible, but I've seen it happen. I've seen people dissolve rock with their hand, not by squeezing it, simply by thought. Now, that is super control. That is super mastery of the mind over matter, and it can happen. But on daily life, you want to build your life. You know what you want. You have a vision. You have an inspiration. You have a purpose. The question is going to be, can you hold your mind on it? Or are you sabotaging that vision, inspiration, purpose every 30 seconds by thinking what went wrong, by thinking the opposite, by counteracting your, uh, your thoughts? Not going to dwell on it anymore. There's many, many podcasts I've done on the process of manifestation and holding your mind on a single thought. But just remember this before we move off it. Worry sabotages purpose. Stress sabotages vision. Anxiety sabotages inspiration. Uh, talking negativity sabotages manifestation. You can see why the people who are at the top of the world have learnt to manage their mindset around shit that happens in their life. They don't focus on that because if they lose focus, they stop making things happen by changing the form of things. So sustainable, holdable, mind control. The last one, bringing 8,000 years or let's say now 10,000 year old knowledge because it's 8,000 BC plus two, 10,000 year old knowledge, bringing it to the table. The last one is the law of hierarchy. Now you've seen pyramids in Egypt, you know they're hierarchical. The rocks on the top, the ones that were last put on the very top were the hardest ones to put there and the ones on the bottom were the most important ones to put there because the ones on the bottom make the one on the top stay there. So our life, like the entire universe, we have a sun on, around which all the planets circulate. And we have many suns. If you look at the night sky, they're all suns. They have planets going around them too, and they all have gravitational pull and push. So there is a central dominating force in every single uh, nucleus, whether it's an atom, a molecule, a subatomic particle, whether it's a sun in the sky, there is a dominant energy and there are subordinate energies. So in other words, you have a dominant thought, you have subordinate thoughts, you have sub-sub-subordinate thoughts, and then you have habits, and then you have daily action plans. Now, look, if your daily habits and if your daily action and if your daily thinking does not form a foundation for your pyramid, there's no way known you're going to hold a vision or an inspiration or a purpose at the top because the bottom is going to rattle. And that's why we draw a circle and we say a balanced person is balanced in each area of life. The reason we say that is because balance causes foundation. Balance is the truth. So we, want to, we don't want to be worrying about our money and then saying on the same token, what's my life purpose? You've got to come to the conclusion that you have enough money in the bank, you have enough income, 
you have stability. If you don't have stability in your financial, and that doesn't take much money, it takes three months of cash in the bank for your lifestyle. It doesn't take a big house. It's not a Mercedes Benz. It's not all the luxuries of life. It's not a new computer. No, they're luxuries. They're up the pyramid somewhere. Base is, I can cover my costs. I can feed myself and my family. I can cover my costs for three months ahead with no income coming in. And that's foundation. Foundation in relationship. I put uh, relationship in the bank. So I cover my costs in relationship. So I cover my costs in relationship for three months ahead. You, you, you don't cause now something that's going to cause trouble and destabilize yourself three months down the track. That could be an affair. That could be anything you think about doing that will uns uh, unsettle your relationship in the long term. In the bank. So we, we take a circle, we divide it into seven, we get balance in each area of life so there's stability and strength and that's your daily habit and that's your bottom line and that's the foundation principle on which you work. Then you can build the rest of the seven areas of life. So they're the five principles. Balance. Second one, growth, evolution. Third one, interconnectedness, which is another word for abundance. There is absolutely nothing missing. The, the fourth one is rhythm or harmony, the harmony of nature, the harmony of things. And you can control that harmony by thought. And the last but not least is hierarchy. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.